overseer of Togo, uh, actually becoming the superintendent, actually, of the French-speaking uh, West African countries. However, he and his brother, Af uh, not biological brother, but brother in the Lord, Afticus, was not able to get their visas to come to the United States to attend the General Assembly. But we have the current superintendent of West Africa, Brother David Mills, and his wife is with us. And he's going to be joining me on the platform right now. Uh, he has been in Africa over 20 years. He has served as three different state overseers. And I don't know if you realize how big Africa is, but it is massive. I spent 10 days there in April, and it was just a wonderful, wonderful time. That's where I met um, Brother Mills at. I spent uh, about four days on the eastern side of Africa, and then the last six over on the western side. And uh, just had a wonderful time. We were in service together. We, we got to minister there and to preach and had all 16 or 17 overseers of the different West African countries. And so he's been there a long time. He has served as overseer in three states. He has served in, or three countries, uh, project manager, and then for the last six or seven years has served as a superintendent. So to give him plenty of time, I'm going to bring him on right now, and then we'll receive the offering at the end of the service. But can you give it up and give the Lord praise for Brother David Mills? Life. Its very presence enhances the human experience, creating opportunities for productivity and new ways of thinking, creating paths for enlightenment and the potential for change. Yet most importantly, light penetrates the darkness. The Send the Light to the Cities initiative is on a mission to do just that. By strategically focusing on major cities around the world, we will evangelize, plant birthing churches, and provide training while walking alongside local ministries' leaders. A history of violence and injustice peppers Togo's past. From the 16th century and well into the 19th century, slave traders raided the region, the actions of which coined a new name, the Slave Coast. It has taken nearly a century for Togo to re-enter the international community and begin to heal from years of political unrest and human rights abuses. Today, Lome, Togo's capital and most populated city, boasts the largest voodoo market in all of Africa. Here, animal sacrifice is common practice as residents seek voodoo as a source of healing. However, at the center of this darkness lives a world-class city overlooking poverty, squalor, and teeming masses of humanity. Church of God arrived in Togo in 1992 and has since branched out to 53 thriving churches. Lome faces a need for strong leadership now more than ever and is prime soil for a teaching and training center for pastors throughout West Africa. It is time for us to bring light to Lome. So what can you do? First, pray. There is no substitute for fervent prayer about the millions of people who do not have the light of Christ shining in their lives. Second, give. Your donations will meet specific needs for your lighthouse city. There are people ready to give themselves to making this initiative a reality. We can send and support. 
They will go and give. Land and buildings will be purchased or built. Ministers, workers, and ministries will be trained and supported. And most importantly, lives will be changed. Thank you for joining Church of God World Missions in making sure that the Great Commission is our Finnish commitment. Give today and help us send light to the cities. Amen. Good to be here this morning with you, to have the opportunity to share a passion that I have for uh, Africa, and in particular West Africa, and even more particularly the city of Lome, Togo. As you've just seen a short video of, of um, Lome, if any of you know anything about voodoo, or have heard anything about voodoo, this is where it comes from, this part of Africa. They are very much steeped in, um, in juju and witchcraft, and uh, it is a very much a part of it. In fact, in the next door country, the country of Benin, uh, when many people come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, their families have funerals because they no longer consider them even alive because they've left juju. Uh, we are wanting to be the light in the darkness that is there in that city and also in that region of West Africa. Uh, when, I was, uh, when I was appointed as the superintendent uh, six years ago, I, I went with a passion that we would reach out to those that were in darkness. We, God gave us a plan. God gave us a way to, to do that, the method to, to reach out in evangelism, and the method to discipleship. And throughout West Africa, in, in the last four and a half years, we've planted over 400 churches in West Africa. Give the Lord praise for that. In the country of Togo alone, when we started this, uh, this process, there were only six churches in the whole country. That's all we had in that country. Through the leadership of, um, uh, of Timothy Gabo, uh, actually that's a, a name that he took on. Actually his, his African name is Kawami, uh, but we all, all call him Timothy, and that's what he likes to be known by. Uh, Timothy, uh, through his leadership, we now have 129 churches in Togo alone. Can you give God praise for that? What we're wanting to do, these, these guys that are there are leaders in, in all of West Africa. Uh, they're, they're great guys. But what we're wanting to do in, in, in Lome itself, we want to purchase a plot of land. Uh, your pastor, Mike, he, is, he has seen that plot of land that we're interested in, has an unfinished building on there, which we can finish and get started probably within a couple, couple of months of, of purchasing it. But we want to build a center that will be used for many different facets. One of those will be that for uh, West Africa, it will become a training center for ministers. Uh, we, at the present time, do not have a training center in West Africa, but this will become one of those areas. We will not, it will not become a residential Bible school, but it will be one of those where we bring them in for what we call here in the States, J-terms. They will come in, they will spend two weeks or, or so there uh, on the grounds. They will have facilities to, to live there, and they'll be taught, and then go home and do their research and get their training that way. Other ways that it will be used, it will be used as a, um, uh, a youth camp as such. 
Brother Timothy himself, every August, he brings together in, in an area, he brings together over 1,500 children that, that he has in a camp. This facility would help him in that area. It would also be training uh, uh, and used as a church as well. So we are in desperate need of, uh, of this. And your pastor has graciously come on board. And uh, he has, um, has uh, gotten very much involved in this. And we trust that you will follow him. We want to show you one more uh, quick, quick video. And then I'll, uh, I'll bring a message to you this morning in just a few minutes. Mike Sains here uh, in Lome, Togo. Uh, greetings to you. Uh, with me right now is Pastor Timothy, who is the national overseer of Togo and will soon be uh, the superintendent of all of West African French-speaking countries. Uh, he has been a very gracious host to us. Uh, our missionary team, uh, Pastor Aaron and uh, uh, Luke Cowart, have been here with us, uh, as well as Pastor Randall Paris and uh, we and the current superintendent, Brother David Mills. Yeah. We've been here uh, in Africa now for over a week but in Lomé for about five days, we've had the opportunity to be at Pastor Timothy's church and meet with all of the West African national overseers. They have hosted a conference. It has been incredible. Uh, we have had church services at Pastor Gerard's church and Pastor Timothy's. And um, we also had an opportunity to go look at some uh, property uh, because we have a dream of sending the light of the gospel to Lomé, Togo. And uh, we're believing God uh, to help us get this project off the ground. Uh, right now, they do not have the facility in place uh, for training and for education um, that they need. And so Pastor Timothy took us to a piece of property and uh, it was just an incredible piece. And I want him to take just a moment and explain a little bit about what that means. Thank you very much, also, Mike, for coming to Togo and for Absolutely. the whole team for what you are doing here in Africa and especially here in Togo. Please know that what you're doing in Togo is not just for Togo, it's for the whole Francophone countries of West Africa, even include uh, the, the Anglophone countries because yes. whenever they want to come for training, they are welcome. And this center, once we get it, is going to help us to train people mainly for two purposes. The first is uh, children ministry and the second one is church planting. Those are the two wonderful, amazing things that God is doing right now in this uh, country and also in this uh, uh, region. So talking about uh, children ministry, we are aiming at changing whole communities, whole villages, whole cities through children ministry because here it is just easy to get access to, to the kids. And once, you know, when you take the word of God to the kids, they are excited, they, they want to take it. And you, if you take the advice of the Bible, you train them as a child. When they grow up, they, you know, yes. they're going to keep that. So we yes. are really trying to work on that. And we have trained 40 people that are helping us with this ministry, with the kids. And they help us to put together in 2016, uh, 1,400 children, more than 1,400 nice. children. And, and you see, it, it's really amazing. Last year, we were not able to do it. But, you know, they, they continue. It is a weekly program uh, that they are working on. And we believe that if we keep that long enough in the same community, then it's going to change the whole community like in 10, 15 years. Absolutely. But with 14 people, we're able to do that. If we are able to train 400 people, 4,000 people, even, nice. it's going to be amazing. And we want to take that to other countries also. 
And now church planting is amazing. You know, within six years, we have been able to plant 57 churches right here in Togo. And uh, the last uh, mapping of the churches is actually showing that we have 88 churches. We've trained 127 people who are doing that. And we are expecting that in the near future, all of them will be able to plant at least one church. That will be 127 churches before the end of this year. And they, we are expecting that each of them will plant at least one church every year. So think of 127 people doing that. If yes. we have 1,000 people doing that, 5,000 yes. people doing that, and taking it to, another, to other countries, Absolutely. it's going to be amazing. So we, we need this uh, center to be able to train people. And we're going to do it in three phases. We, we are praying for three phases. The first phase will help us to put in place uh, something that will help us train people in Lome and people who are not far from Lome so that when they come to the training, they can go back to their areas and Absolutely. come in the, in the morning. But then we want to take it to the, the second level to be able to bring people from other countries. They'll be able to stay like a week for training and they yes. go back to their countries. And another third level that will help us to take it to a, a very high level. Yes. And this project is also going to help us to make money because when we finish training, other people can rent the center right, for training. Right. So it's going to help us to make money right. uh, to support ministry. Right. So those are the two main things that are going on now and we're praying that this will really yes. help us. Help from, I'm talking about the right. center so that we can push it. Thank so, you. So for what Pastor Timothy is saying is from Lome, Togo, we can send the gospel uh, the light of the gospel to all of West Africa. Yeah. Right now, these national overseers that we met with, some of them drove for three days on a bus mm -hmm. to get here. Um, if we have a center right here yeah. in Lome, it would be awesome. And uh, we could do a lot of training right here. So I, I'm deeply honored to be a part of this project. Yeah. I know the Live Oak Church and Pastor Aaron Cowart and the Harbor, we have already sown uh, heavily into the project and we're going to continue to sow into it. And we're just going to believe God that God is going to make a way that somehow that this, uh, this ministry center is going to happen here in Lome, Togo. God bless you, Pastor. I've enjoyed that time. And I, we pray God's blessings be Amen. upon you uh, as you move from national overseer to the superintendent of the French-speaking countries. And uh, we also look forward, Pastor Timothy and the current superintendent, David Mills, is going to be at the harbor speaking in both services um, on the Sunday before the General Assembly. I think that's the 29th of uh, July, I think. But they're going to be with us, and we're excited about it. So may God bless you. We love you, and we love Togo. Thank you very much for coming. Thank you for your support. And thanks to the church for what they're doing. God bless you. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Pastor Timothy is a, a great guy. Uh, one of the things you might like to know about him, uh, this man right now could be playing football, soccer in Europe, one of the teams in Europe, making millions of dollars. He was that good. He was one of the top players in the country of Togo, already being scouted by the teams in Europe. He could be doing that, but he had given his heart to Jesus Christ. And he felt a call to the ministry upon his life. And he turned aside all of those millions of dollars, making now approximately $300 per month is all he gets to do his job. But, but he was willing to do that and make that sacrifice for the kingdom. This is the kind of men that we have all over West Africa that are willing to make these sacrifices. And many of them at the peril of their lives. 
to spread the gospel. Much of West Africa uh, is, is uh, Muslim nations. Most of them are 98% plus Muslim. But God is helping us to reach into those countries. And with this center, we would be able to train and send back children's workers and also those pastors that are needed in the countries throughout West Africa. So we trust that you will, you will help us with that. I want to bring you quickly a short, short word this morning that I believe will help us in understanding our part in the kingdom and what God expects from us. Would you turn in your Bibles to John, the sixth chapter? And uh, I'm not going to read all of this, this passage uh, this morning, uh, but I want to read um, one, one passage where uh, Jesus is speaking. And uh, he, says, um, he says to Philip, this is in uh, John 6 and verse uh, 5. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? God, I pray that you will help me to bring this message today to this group of people that needs to hear about the wonders of your power and your love and your mercy for the world. Help me this morning. Make preaching easy, bring my mind into saying what needs to be said. And then when you're finished with me, Lord, may I step aside and let your Holy Spirit do his work today. In Jesus' name, amen. There are 38 miracles that are mentioned in the four Gospels that Jesus performed when he was here on this earth. Only one miracle is mentioned in all four of the Gospels. And that's the one that I read the passage from this morning. That's the one of the feeding of the multitude. It's called in many headings in many Bibles. Jesus has um, he, he, he's spent some time with his disciples. And now here comes a multitude to see him. And the Bible says that they came because of the miracles. You know, what's happening today is a lot of people travel all over the country and all over the world to go see miracles in stadiums and all of this kind of thing. You know, the problem is that, that, that believers are following miracles when the Bible says it the opposite way. Miracles follow believers. We, we, we don't have to go off somewhere to see miracles. They can happen right here in the front of this church. They can happen in the parking lot. They can happen on your job. But in this instance, they wanted to see more miracles. When they got there, Jesus turns to Philip and he says, Philip, how, how can we feed these people? How, how are we going to take care of these people? Now, Philip gives a typical answer. Uh, he, he gives a very typical answer. He said, we don't have enough money to do this. You know, when God puts, puts a project before us and God puts uh, a, a need before us and he wants us to do something, let me tell you something. Many, most times, I won't say many, most times it's above our ability to, to handle. It, we, we won't have enough to handle what God 
puts his vision into our hearts and our lives, whether it's for our own personal lives or whether it's for a church or whether it's for a country. He does things above and beyond what we can even think. Now, when he asked this question, the next, verse that, the next part of that verse it says this. He said this to test him. Now, a lot of preaching that you hear today is going to tell you if you've got a trouble in your life, if you've got a tribulation or a trial in your life, there's something wrong with you spiritually. Well, I beg to differ with that, my friend, because the Bible is constantly telling us that when we have trials, when we have troubles, then he will come in. Now, if in this particular instance, he said this to test Philip. Sometimes God is going to send something into your life to test you, to try you, to, 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 to and I'll put it this way, to strengthen you. I, I went to what is called the South Point on the big island of Hawaii. Uh, I, I, I pastored in Hawaii for six years. Now, somebody's got to suffer for Jesus. I'll just say it before you <laughs> comes to your head. I had that privilege. And I had the privilege of going down to the South Point. And down on the South Point, the wind blows constantly, 24 hours a day. And when you come out of this forest, you come onto a, a flat piece of land there. And there's trees sparsely around that flat piece of land. And when you look at the trees, they grow up like this. And then suddenly, they bend like this. And, and I began to look at him, and I asked one of the local people nearby. I said, why in the world they do that? He said, well, the wind blows so strong all the time, they get up so far, and then they start just bending a little bit. I said, well... It looks like it would blow them down. They said, no, you can't even take a chainsaw and cut those trees down because uh, without having to put on new chains now and then because of the wind blowing against them, they become so strong. The fibers in them become so strong that a chain saw will not even cut them down. Let me tell you something, my friend. When the wind blows in your life, when the wind blows in your life, don't give in. Just stand firm and strong. You'll get stronger. I didn't intend to bring that one in this morning, but I just felt the Spirit put that in my spirit. You get discouraged if you see this part where he said this to test him, but when you look at the next part of that verse, he says, for he already knew what he was going to do. Let me tell you something, my friend. When you have troubles in your life, don't despair. Jesus already knows what he's going to do. I don't have time to dwell there like I would, but, but let me tell you something, my friend. Jesus knows you. Did you hear what I said? He doesn't know you as the Harvard Worship Center alone. He knows you. He knew Philip, but he also knew his disciples. Another disciple came along and said, well, there's a little boy here. He's got, he's got a few fish and, and, and a few loaves of bread. I said, but, but what is that? Jesus said, give it to me. Give it to me. I can see the little boy. <laughs> the little boy says, Wait a minute. 
I, I, my mama took care of my lunch, and you're, you're asking me to give up my lunch? These adults should have been smart enough to bring something with them. I got my lunch. But then I, I, I think the little boy begins to think, but I came to hear what the master has to say. I came to hear what the master has to say. And if he needs my lunch, I can make it till, till I get home. Here, let him have my lunch. You see, Jesus is looking for partners to create miracles. Did you hear what I said? I don't have time to go into this this morning, but you, you look throughout all the miracles, and almost every miracle that Jesus performed, he needed a partner. He asked for something for somebody before he gave the miracle. Jesus asked us for what we have. When we give what we have, Jesus takes it, and he performs miracles in people's lives. He gave up his fish. Jesus took it in blessing and said, now pass it out. Pass it out. I can see them look at it. Whew. Pass it out. Pass what out? I got one piece here. They take it and they begin to go down the line and they give it to thousands. Thousands are fed by just a few loaves and a few fishes. Why? Because somebody partnered with Jesus and was willing to give what they had. And Jesus took it and transformed it and multiplied it. Now, when we hand it all out, how many of you have heard the phrase, my God shall supply all of my need? Raise your hand if you've heard that. I used to think, grew up thinking this. I've been in church all of my life. And, and, and I used to think he'll give me just enough to get by. You know, if, 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 I got, if I've got a... I've got an electric bill I can't pay, and it's $149.50. The Lord will give me $149.50. I really, that's, that's when I grew up. But I found out something here. The heading that I would put over this miracle, it's the miracle of more than enough. When you go on down and you read some, some more of the verses, he says, when they had eaten all they wanted. It says, and when they were all filled. And then he says, gather up that that remains. My goodness, it wasn't just enough to give them a little bite to satisfy their hunger until they got home. It filled their bellies. I, I don't know how much truth is in this, but, but, but I can just imagine in my mind that the little boy goes home. And he walks in the door when he gets home. And, and his mama said, did you enjoy the day? He said, oh, mama, it was wonderful. Well, did you eat your lunch? He says, well, not all of it, mama. And he steps aside and the 12 disciples bring in 12 baskets full that the family could eat for days to come. I know that's not in there, but I don't think it does the word any injustice to add that in there. Because my God not only will supply my needs, he will supply my wants. Hallelujah. The little boy gave a little bit because he was willing to do that and partner with Jesus. Multitude was fed. Thousands were fed, my friend. When Jesus asks something of you, if you will obey, you'll see what God will do. Let me give you one personal example of this, and then I'll turn it back to your pastor. When I was a teenager... 
just starting out in ministry. I started preaching when I was 16. I'm not going to tell you how many years that's been ago. But when I started out right after high school, I, I graduated on, on a Monday night from high school and drove across the state of Missouri and started a revival on Tuesday night. I went to camp meeting that year in the state of Missouri and came mission service. They asked for an offering. And the Lord said, give $5. I said, but Lord, $5 is all I've got. And I said, Lord, you know that $5, I'm, I'm holding that $5 till the end of the camp meeting so I can put fuel in my car and get fill up my car to get to the next, you know how long ago that's been if you can take $5 and fill up your car. <laughs> and I sat there and I argued with the Lord. <laughs> and the Lord just wouldn't let me go. So finally I walked up there and I put that $5, that only $5 I had. I was skipping meals the whole camp meeting just to get by, staying with some friends. And I walked back to my seat, and as I was going back to my seat, I said, Lord, now it's up to you. I don't know how I'm going to get to, the, to my revival. After the service was over, a pastor came to me, and he said, David, we're all, a bunch of us are going to go eat at a certain restaurant. He said, would you, uh, would you like to go with us? And because I didn't have any money, I started to say no. And uh, he said, I'll buy your lunch. Well, my mom only raised one fool, and he's pastoring the church up in Tennessee. I said, certainly I'll go. Went and had lunch. We're getting ready to go back to the afternoon meeting at camp meeting. Uh, one of the pastors said, David, if you'll stop at a service station over there, I'll fill up your, your car with gas. Let me make a long story short. Come the last night of the camp meeting. A guy came up to me and he said, David, when we're going back into town, said, stop at the service station and I'm going to top off your your car with gas. I got a lot of handshakes that week and paper would crinkle in my hands and I would put the money in my pocket. I left that camp meeting with a full tank of gas and $25 in my pocket. Five times what I started out with. What I'm trying to tell you my $5 would have made no difference to whatever project was that they were asking the money for. It would have got built without my $5. But you see, the Lord took my 5 and somebody else's 5 and somebody else's 20 and somebody else's 5 and multiplied it and made it work for the project. But in my own life, in my own life, before the week was out, he had multiplied what I had given to him. What I want to say to you this morning, I don't know what the Lord's going to speak to your heart. Pastor's going to come and take an offering. And Pastor, come on up. I don't know what, what, you're going, what God is going to say to you, but would you do me a favor this morning would, and yourself a favor? Would you just obey? Doesn't matter what it is, how big it is, how small it is. If he speaks to your heart to help us with this project in West Africa, would you do what he says and then trust him? that he's going to perform a miracle for this project and for a miracle in your lives. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor, for this opportunity. Amen. Thank you, Bishop Mills. What a tremendous and an awesome message. Amen. Give the Lord praise one more time for that. Thank you so much, Brother Mills, for your commitment to Africa and your sacrifice. And uh, he has been back to Zambia 
three times since I've been there in April trying to uh, handle business and take care of the churches there and uh, address issues. And I'm telling you, it takes a full day, all day, to fly there and a full day to get home. So you almost have to stay a week when you go or else it's like around and just constant flying. But nonetheless, I had a wonderful opportunity to spend 10 days there. And on the last day I was there, we were preaching with uh, all of the seven, 16 or 17 overseers. And on that last day, as, as, as poor as those folks are, they still come up with the funds to give me the flag of Togo and to give me the statue. That's actually uh, the, the, the shape of that beautiful country uh, on the western side of Africa. And um, we were so blessed. We were so touched. Uh, I have, in fact, I told Brother David just a moment ago, uh, Pastor Louis, who's the overseer of Senegal, he emailed me twice last week, and he said, Pastor, I'm going to be at the General Assembly. Some of these guys weren't able to get visas to come, but, but uh, the overseer of Senegal is coming, and uh, I'm so excited to see him. I said, we will definitely do lunch one day while we are in Orlando for the General Assembly of the Church of God. Our ushers are coming right now, and uh, let me just tell you what happened in my mind. Uh, it, didn't ha it happened in my mind, but it actually happened physically as well. I got a letter from our general overseer um, a year or two ago, I don't remember, inviting me to a mission, I mean, inviting me to a, um, a conversation in Cleveland at our general offices. And they began to explain to us the Send the Light to the Cities Project. And the Church of God has adopted what we believe to be the 10 darkest cities in the world. And we wanted to take the light of the gospel to the 10 darkest cities in the world. And um, a lot of those had been already chosen. A lot of those were kind of romantic places that you could go. And, you know, it was really, you know, a place to go. And Africa was kind of left in my mind almost kind of left out it's because it's very expensive to go there it cost the church nearly $5,000 to send me for 10 days and of course I went to about 8 countries while I was there but it's a lot of money, it's expensive and to do the things and it's not a, a romantic place I guess unless you're a, a real big hunter or something on the eastern side you go for the migration or whatever but nonetheless it was expensive but the Lord laid upon my heart to promise that we would give a certain amount. I had a little paper in front of me, and it said your church name, your name, uh, what would you pledge to give? And I watched a video vignette of all of the ten cities, and something moved me about Lome, Togo. And I thought, man, what, what can I do, you know? And the, it's so big, the mission. And Dr. Randall Paris came to speak and as he was speaking uh, he, he told a little bit of a testimony and um, I was hearing the Lord in my mind say pledge $10,000 and I went there thinking I would pledge five. Five ain't hard to raise and but I was reading a book entitled Go Big and I, 
I said, Lord, 10. And about that time, the speaker said, I believe the Lord might be dealing with one of you guys right here about giving $10,000 to Lomé Toto. And I said, well, man, that's just coincidence right there. I mean, you know. And so I just tested the Lord, and I said, well, you know what? Maybe he'll bring that up one more time, and that'll be enough for me. And so a few minutes later, he brought it up again. The Lord could just be dealing with some of y'all, or one of y'all. There's only about 40 of us in the room. And so when he brought it up again, I said, well, Lord, I know that's probably me right there, so I'm going to test the waters one more time. Y'all know how you, you really want God, you know. And so, so now I'm thinking to myself, you know, our church payment was $10,000. I'm thinking about all these things. And so he's about to walk away from the podium and he's done with his speech and he says, but you know, the Lord just might be dealing with that one about giving $10,000 today. I grabbed my pen and I scratched $10,000 down real quick and I told the Lord, all right, it's your problem if we don't pay the church pay. I was not mean-spirited. I pledged that $10,000 and within just a few months, we had paid it. We raised money for Orphans for Hope, another $3,500 that went to support that type of ministry. But I was back this year, and I felt compelled to pledge another 10, and I did. I felt compelled to speak to our World Missions Director, and I did, and handed him the plans that we, we walked that land and looked at that. And I just know God has got something big in store. And somebody says, now, Pastor, how do y'all do what you do? We'll be going to Guatemala in just a few months here to build a house. And, you know, we've done a lot of things right here locally. Here's what I know about God. He's not stingy, and he don't like stinginess. He's not greedy, and he don't like greediness. He gave his very best. And what I know is this. When we as a church make things happen for other people, expecting nothing in return, God does the miraculous right here. Let me take that one more step. When you do something miraculous, when you do something, maybe it's a sacrifice. As he said, it might be, uh, you know, your last few. I don't know. I, I, I just want you to hear from God, not Mike Sainz. Let me just say that. I, don't do anything because, well, the pastor said I ought to do this. If you don't feel God leading you to do it, then don't do it. But I know this, when I obey the Lord, he gives back his hands a lot bigger than mine. So I want you to pray about it. Listen, if you want to give electronically, if you'll just put Togo, T-O-G-O, Togo, or Africa, let put something. If you're writing a check today, we'll take those rectangular things called checks. We still take them. Don't too many people carry them, but, but we'll take it. You might be here today and just want to pay the whole 10000 I don't know. But if you are, I promise you we'll give every dime that comes in this offering will go. It doesn't matter if it's 10 or 20 or whatever. Or 10 or 20,000. It'll go to that project. So whatever you want, whatever the Lord would have you to do, I want you to do. Can we pray together right now? Father, I just come to you now. And um, Lord... As the leader, Lord, of this church, I'm a giver. You have taught me to be a giver. You have told me to be a giver. I give joyously and freely because I love to give. Because you gave and you're a giver. I ask you, Lord, that the harbor would be instrumental 
in carrying the torch and raising funds for Lomay Togo. I pray for that ministry center, Lord, where pastors will be trained and children workers will be trained and crusades will be held. And I just pray, God, that you make it happen this year. I'm asking you, Lord, for the miraculous. And I know, God, that you're able. When they sat down on that hillside, nobody had enough, it seemed. What are we going to feed them? We don't have the money. We don't have the resources. But some little boy had something. And when he was willing to put what he had in your hands, it met the needs of all the 5,000 men, not counting women and children. It met all of those needs. And he had 12 baskets remaining. So it's never a money problem. It's a commitment problem. Help me to commit everything you've blessed me with to you today. God, speak to your people. And may we obey you in Jesus' name. Amen. Obviously.